Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Herd Fit Podcast with Dr. Sam Ree and myself, Coach David Syverson. This podcast is aimed at helping anyone and everyone looking to enhance their healthy lifestyle through fitness, nutrition, and most importantly, mindset. All right, welcome back to the Herd Fit Podcast. I am Coach David Syverson here with my co-host, Dr. and Coach Sam Marie. We are doing the first ever Herd Fit Q&A. A few weeks ago, we sent out a post on Instagram asking for our listeners to send us questions that they want us to answer on air. The questions are anonymous. We will not tell who asked unless they tell us that they it's okay with. Well, Sam does not even know who asked these questions. Obviously, I do. It's okay. Not going to judge anyone for it. Not that I even go there with these questions. These are pretty cool questions to yeah, talk about. We appreciate them. Yeah. And we, we want more of it. So if you guys ever are listening and something comes to your head that you want us to address, let's do it. We don't need to do a full episode on it. We have three questions that we're going to cover in this episode. We're probably going to give it about 10 minutes on all. If you're ever listening to something outside or, or something comes to your head, just send us a message on Instagram. For those that know Sam and I, hit us up. I had a few people text me, message us and we will get to all of them at some point. We're probably going to have this flow where we do one every two or three times we record and we'll do three three questions at once. All right. And if we ever do a YouTube live, we'll do that as well. We'll see. That's like, <laughs> that's New Year's resolution. All right. Anyway, first question, Sam, how do you think the programming this year for the open will be different than in years prior? So my first thought is, is that Adrian Bosman is programming again this year. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that twist and we've seen one year's perspective of his programming. So we kind of get a little bit of a flavor of it. Yep. Two, there are some things that have to be the same for the open that we should probably touch on that you expect will be the same. Mm -hmm. And then in the episode before, there's some equipment changes that will also probably make that we can guess on that might change the wads. But I would say you're really, really good at predicting a lot of this stuff. You've done pretty well, both on the legend side and then on the open side. So if you had to come up with three workouts for the open this year, like what would they be? Yeah, just like macro level is first, like you have to test strength at some point. You also have to test gymnastics capacity at some point and then one and then have one that's just like pure engine. You can go in so many different directions with with those three topics. But the fact that there's only three workouts now, there might be a fourth if they have like a 23.1 23.1 A and B, like a lift after or something like that. But with Bosman programming the open, I don't think he programmed the open last year. I think there was Castro's oh, workouts. Right. Yes. I think, I think. Yes. But they dumbed them down a little bit. They changed them slightly. They changed them slightly and made them more accessible. So again, keep thinking about that word, accessible and doable for the most majority of CrossFitters. And if there is a bias towards Bosman, I don't think it's towards a movement. He's a, a smaller bodyweight ninja type. If you ever watch him work out, it's very impressive what he can do with his bodyweight. But again, majority of the opens are already moving your body weight. So I don't think we're going to all of a sudden just see like push-up sit-ups and air squats. With Boz, there's some history. He loves going into history of CrossFit programming, whether they're open workouts or just dot-com workouts from 2009. And I can't really tell you what the workout would be, obviously, but I would expect something or maybe all three to have some sort of flavor to that history or some sort of lean towards history of vice, sorry, of CrossFit. And whether that's a repeat workout or not, I don't know. We didn't have a repeat workout last year. No, we didn't. And with only three workouts a year now, like those might be done. I like the repeats, but some people think they're stupid and lack creativity. So I do think there's going to be a historical tie. Now, the strength last year was a hinge pattern. It was a deadlift pattern. I think the strength, something heavy, is going to be a lower body push. 
whether that's double lunges, double thrusters, or just a heavy barbell that you have to squat. Front squat, back squat, maybe, probably not. Overhead squat, probably not. So I'm thinking some sort of clean or hang squat clean is going to be the strength focus. What would you think about that? So it can't be from the rack because they didn't include that in the equipment. Correct. We've done double dumbbell thrusters in yep. the past, yep. and those were just horrific. They're horrific. And that we only did four at a time. Oh my God. Yeah. I would prefer like a squat, a heavy squat. Mm -hmm. Do you think he would actually program that? That would be quote accessible for the general population? I think so. Especially if they made it a ladder type. And again, volume could be a part of it, right? If you tell someone to front squat 135 pounds, like, oh, like a lot of, a lot of us can do that. Oh, but it's sets of 25, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. I'm going to be doing sets of four. So the strong guys do get the advantage there. Um, they so did. what is heavy? Like, so give me a heavy weight. Like what would be considered heavy? Let, let's use the clean or the clean and jerk because okay. we didn't have any Olympic lifting last year in the open. So I think we're going to see that. I think that's going to be the strength focus this year, some sort of Olympic lift. So let's say power clean, squat clean, whatever. For guys in the open division, I think you're looking at it eventually either being at this weight or eventually getting to 185 plus. That's like where I would say, all right, now the heavy guys get the advantage. For the girls, 125 plus. Again, not right away. Maybe it builds up to it, or maybe they do start off right away in that in that perspective. Or if they want to take that, that that's a moving target, and it's a, huff, it's a tough thing to figure out, they could just throw a max lift into a workout at some point. So like that, a, a point B or, or point right, two. Right, like do a workout with like jump rope, box jumps, and dumbbell snatch, and at the end of the workout, you have four minutes to find a one or max clean. There you go. You know, th there's your strength event. And then the lifters can stop complaining for the ninth year in a row. So, you know, th that's where one difference I could see in contrast last year, more micro level here, because we did not see rowing, wall balls or toes to bar last year. I think there's such foundational fitness movements, foundational open movements. I think we're going to see all three of them this year. So again, that's row, wall ball, toes to bar, um, and the jump rope. I have a feeling we're going to see higher volume jump rope. Two years ago, we had the wall walk double under one where you had to end with a set of 210 if you got there, right? Last year, the jump rope was weird. It was like a set of like 16 and yeah. 24. It was like really weird. Very easy. So Not for me, at least. I think you're going to see a higher volume jump rope workout as well. Those would be my predictions for this year's open in relation. Do you have any thoughts or guesses on your own? I just remember we did a wall ball row workout and it was really awful. Do you mm. remember that one? Here at the gym? No, the open. Oh, 19.1. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think that was AMRAP 19 or, yeah, or AMRAP 15, but I think it was 19 wall balls on a 19 cal row and it was brutal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high level gymnastics, what do you think? Mm. Toes bar, bar muscle ups. Don't think we're going to see rings. I was going back and forth. They did say rings. Someone said, what about ring dips or ring push-ups? I don't think so. Not in this stage, the next stage. Mm -hmm. I still think they're going to go another year of no ring muscle-ups. If they do, though, it will be at the end of the workout. You don't have to worry about, should I RX or scale? That's a, that's a common question. In 2015, one of the open workouts started off with seven ring muscle-ups. I always tell the story of some people in our gym, they did that open workout nine times and just spent the entire time trying to get the first muscle-up. And... I don't think they want to do that with the open anymore. Handstand push-ups and not wall walks is what we said two weeks ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Handstand push-ups would be my guess. If we go inverted, my argument against it, very hard to standardize. They, it's been a moving target. I think they got simple last year. They basically widened out the box and they said, yo, fingers can't touch that line. Lock out your elbows at the top with no butt contact. So if you see handstand push-ups, I think the, the standard will be simpler. Last thing in before we move to the next question, um, 
with Boz, I feel like he, he, when I hear him talk, he's a CrossFit truther in my head, like just loves the old school stuff. And the kettlebell's never been used in the open. And I think that there's a good shot that we see the kettlebell instead of the dumbbell this year. For what movement? So Adam Ramson disagrees with me. I said kettlebell snatch. And he thinks people would just get their wrists mangled. Too, yeah. Too dangerous. The last like, time I, I, program, I was coaching one, I mean, we I had a lot of people posting pictures. Of yeah, their pretty storms. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, I, so then I was like, you know, he's probably right. He's always right. Hang clean and jerk is probably a little safer, a little bit friendlier on the wrist. So you mm. bring it up to your shoulder. Mm. Or like what we, Bison just did, a kettlebell lunge. Holding a kettlebell is different than a dumbbell. It's not a huge difference, but it is different because all the weight goes down. Mm -hmm. When you're holding it, mm -hmm. the dumbbells, the weight goes out. So it's a little harder to control. You feel the weight a little bit more. So again, lunging. Walking uh, lunge. Walking lunge. I don't think you'll see kettlebell swings in the open. It's just way too hard to judge. Okay. You know, what's above your head, Russian, American, all that stuff. So hope that answered your question. What's the programming going to be like in comparison to last year? We gave you what the strength will probably be. We gave you some of the movements to expect and some of maybe the angles that Boz would have over those workouts. Next question. You know what? I'm going to stick with the open. Okay. We're going to question number three first. Okay. If CrossFit did age slash weight classes for competitions and the open, do you think it would hurt the sport or bring new people to compete? Wow. I think... My first gut, I mean, I'll just answer it first of all. I think it would hurt. I think there are ways of possibly doing it that would be helpful. But, you know, we've played around with age scaling for yep. workouts lately. We're going to do another episode on that, but it's been the most talked about topic I've ever had in the podcast. I effing hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had people, Lucia yesterday left the gym saying, I love this. <laughs> I effing hate it. And I kind of wish you would just get rid of all these age group scales. Okay. But I've had a number of people tell me straight up that it, it's really invigorated them. They really enjoy it. Yep. It's made them feel engaged again on the fitness side. No matter what, it's an awesome thing to talk about. Like that's what I care the most about. So, I mean, let's talk, talk about weight classes first. It's a good question. Yeah. That first of all, I don't know if people would actually want to self segregate into weight classes, mm -hmm. especially, I mean, anyone like right. i mean does a dude want to say oh yeah i am only 150 <laughs> I'm a, pounds versus, I'm, in the, I'm in the featherweight division right? <laughs> i'm in the teacup division like yeah. come on yeah. i think that there are a number of sports that already do weight classes and if you care about weight classes you would join a powerlifting or another gym that that you know martial arts yeah that right. would probably have a be, weight class yeah, yeah that would be much better for you i mean and in some sports like wrestling, MMA, powerlifting, it made such a huge difference to be at a different weight class. Yep. CrossFit in general is supposed to be inclusive mm -hmm. and it's supposed to even out over time. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the answer. If, because you have so many different movements that it's not just one person going up against another. You're you're competing across a wide range of fitness tests. Right. And so if you could back squat 490 pounds, but you're mile time is like 12 minutes well now you know what you need to work on right and you're not that fit right you're just strong right so I, I i don't think weight classes is even a possibility right in crossfit the i always think about logistics first like imagine we had to do like at the open every year we had weight classes we had to weigh you before the workout <laughs> i love Ooh, that. That i guess be... you're in a new weight class this week but <laughs> people running around the gym to try to make weight oh yeah. i need to lose another six ounces yeah i know people are like running around in plastic bags like trying to sweat out so they can do the 23.1 with this weight <laughs> it'd be funny but i think any responsible programming should even out 
the advantages that people have with, with weight, right? If you are biased towards gymnastics, body weight, engine conditioning, you know, the fittest people in your gym for your programming are probably the smaller athletes, the people that weigh less. If you're someone that's really biased towards lifting and Olympic lifting, powerlifting, all that good stuff, your workouts you're, are probably biased towards the bigger athletes. So your daily leaderboard at the end of every day would have a bias towards it. A responsible program does both. And that's what the CrossFit methodology is. If you truly do to your bottom of your heart, believe in CrossFit programming and methodology, weight classes should never be even a thought in your head. And I've had, you know, Chris Spieler has talked about that in the port. More for discussion. I don't think he said, because it is, it's impressive if he's cleaning the same weight. He, I think he competed at 160, 150. If he's competing, if he's lifting the same weight as someone that's 210 pounds, it's very impressive. But you know what you never hear them say? How much of an advantage that person has on every body weight movement, right? If I have a 200 pounder doing handstand, push, handstand pushups and muscle-ups at the same rate as a 160 pounder, it's more impressive that the 200 pounder did it. And so they have the advantage on certain days and, and then others. But if the programming is poor and you always see like the smaller guys doing well, that's, that's a problem the programmer needs to fix or vice versa. You always see the big lifters doing well. That's an issue the programmer needs to fix. But I don't think CrossFit big picture needs to change because if they do, you're now just running away from what the methodology that, that what it is. I think on the competitive side, height if anything, is right. more of an issue. Yeah. You always see the height, like the taller you are, the greater a disadvantage you have yes. for so many movements across the board yeah. that when you see a tall CrossFitter that's really, really good, you're like, right. wow. Like yeah. you see Amy Edelman, you're just like, right. holy cow, how yeah. does she move the way she does right. from a geometry standpoint? Yep. So if anything, if you were going to do classes, yeah. uh, height. it would be from height. But then, you know, then, then you're getting to like, all right, height, but long, like it's got to be like the radius, like your arm length and all that stuff, because that's really what makes it most difficult. But if you ever find yourself going down that way of thinking, ask yourself, are you only thinking about it on the days you're disadvantaged? Example, if you're short and the workout is rowing, box jumps and wall balls, and you bring up the, the size factor, all right? And <laughs> rightfully so, right? Do you also bring up the size factor on the workouts where you had shoulder overhead, handstand pushups and burpees, right? And lunges, right? Like you had a much easier workout, you know? And that's, but that's where... The, the beauty and CrossFit programming is like you should get humbled on stuff. You should have things that you can lean into strength wise and weaknesses that you should work on. That's what makes this world spin. And uh, so I'm a hard no on changing anything based on height, weight classes. Last thing on this topic though, age yeah, classes. I'm interested to hear why you keep sticking with this age thing. So I, again, I look at, I think this is gonna have to be another topic because it's gonna go too long. <laughs> So I was thinking more before we get into what you're talking about, Sam, is should masters start sooner? Should masters start at 30 years old? No, God, those, those 30 year olds are killing it. Do you think 35 is where it should start? Or do you think, do you think it should start at 40? If you look at the scales for 35 to 39, they're almost always the same as individual. Yeah. So it's really more, it's not even about scaling the workout. It's about who you're competing against. Yes. Right. Like I don't want to, I have zero interest right now in competing against 22 year olds. Zero. Yeah. Right. So that's where I. The workouts aren't too hard. It's just, I don't want to compete against 22 year olds, you know? So cause you'd get smoked. Yes. <laughs> Would a 30 year old say the same thing? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. No. Should it change every 10 years instead of every five years? Well, I think we're seeing competitive games athletes at 32 who are yeah. still up there. Yep. It's harder for them, Yeah. but I think that they're still doing okay. And especially on the, like, look at the competitive sports side, mm -hmm. like 
Brady's kind of pushing it. Yeah. But we do have many professional athletes in the 30 plus range, LeBron James yep. with, you know, their new training and new science, they're maintaining a high degree of athletic performance, 30 plus. Yeah. They're pushing that needle. Yeah. So I don't know. I think 30 five is even almost a little like, too young yeah they might push that up a little bit more in the future start at 40 it, it, they they probably will at some point okay yeah and again we will we'll get back to that topic on you know scaling for for masters athletes and why when you should when you should not just so sam could you know belittle me on a podcast and rant <laughs> no why 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 are you giving me a false sense of confidence when i really should be competing against everybody else yep all right now last question how many workouts per week do you go all out? I know it is impossible to do it every day, but what is your sweet spot when you can really send it per week and not get too beat down? And the smart asses will say zero. Zero. <laughs> Crossfitters. <laughs> do pull-ups to your hands bleed. Obviously a question that will be relative to every person individually. You can't really give a group answer, but I would say to the group that most people go too hard too often and are found wondering why they're not making gains. Now, if you don't really care that much about gains and performance and progressing, right? Um, we have a lot of people in this gym that I, I love, respect that they have this approach. Like, dude, I'm just going as hard as I can today. Like, that's it. I'm not going into deeper thought. And they do fine. And some days they shine, some days they don't, but that they're fine. If you are really performance-centered, you really want to get better at things. You want to get stronger. You want to get more stable, right? There does need to be considerable thought put into how often, as this listener asked, when do you really send it per week? Do you have an answer for yourself? Because maybe I think you're just answering it for yourself, or is it a moving target based on what life is bringing at you? I mean, my common sense initial thought was like twice, but then I also see it as a coach. If you're a CrossFitter, you will say before the workout, man, I'm really beat up. I'm going to take it easy today. I'm not going to go ahead and give it my like full effort. And then you're like a greyhound when the <laughs> rabbit starts going and you go three, two, one, go. And then you can't stop. You're like, you're just like, okay, I can push. Like, I'm all right. I'm going to keep going. And you, like, yep. you end up sending it way more than you expected to, even right. though it was supposed to be an active recovery day right. for you. Yeah. So I know psychologically, I will say that every time as a coach, I'll say, listen, before the workout, if you're not feeling it, use it as an active recovery day. Right. And then I'll see 90% of the people just like yeah. full send. And maybe one person listened to you. Yeah. Man, this is a tough thing to answer. My, my answer, if you want an answer, and I'm trying to not answer it just for the person. I know who asked this, right? So I, I could probably give this person a, a much better individual answer, but I'm trying to take that out of it. I think after a rest day is one of the days you should really just go after it, send it, right? So I think your body is as ready there as it will be, okay? And then another one, let's, let's, say, let's say that early in the week. Whatever rest day you have earlier in the week, weekend, go send it the next day. And then I would do another one at least towards the end of the week, all right? So at least a day or two in between. That's what I would say for everybody, right? Like pick two days a week that you're like, I'm going after that one. And then if you are trying to play the responsible game, the long-term progress game, if you truly are, don't say you are, if you're truly trying to find long-term progress, I think every other workout, right, should be in that 80 to 90% zone. What does that mean? That means if I came up to you at any point in the workout, beginning, middle, end, and said, go faster, you should say, okay, and go faster. All right, that, that's the easiest way I can put it. Some people have like these, these uh, exertion diagrams where it's like, all right, 
I'm at 80% if I can have a choppy conversation with someone, right? Like I'm on the row and like I can, we could still talk, but I'm kind of out of breath. Or I can have a conversational pace with someone, right? I just did a piece like that on Thursday night where I come in, bike for 30 minutes and I could talk to you the whole time like I am right now, just moving my body, right? And then there's like the red zone where like, nope, I could not talk at all. If you asked me what I had for breakfast this morning, I'm too tired, I couldn't say. I think that choppy conversation area that, hey, be capable of going faster if I came to tell you to go faster, that should be every single other workout if you're looking at it from a six workout per week, five workout per week, every other one, meaning you're not going hard, hard, hard back to back days. You have to look at the programming too. Yeah. So for example, that 145 hang clean back squat. On Thursday, yeah. Right. Like I'm not going to send it on that because I'm going to hurt myself if right. I try to send it. Right. But if you're putting me on a row, like burpees, burpee, yeah. like something like that, yep. like I know the risk of injury is going to be low yep. and I should try to up my intensity for it because I know- that's not a, you know, muscle fatigue work. That's a mental challenge workout. So right. you got to look at the stimulus and say, is this stimulus designed for me to really send it? Yep. And and I will challenge myself mentally to take shorter transitions, get back to the dumbbell faster, get mm -hmm. back to the rower faster. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a snatch workout or a bar muscle up, I will often hard cap myself. I'll say, okay, I'm going to do at most 30 bar muscle ups today. Right. That's it. Yep. And I'm going to stick to it. And you should do that also for the workout. Like if you have things that you're worried about before the workout, think, okay, what is the X number of reps that I feel comfortable doing? How many chest to bars am I going to be able to do or shoot for today? Mm -hmm. And then shoot for it. And then for the ones where you're like, I'm going to really just send it. Yeah. Go ahead and send it. But yeah. you have to look at the workout and determine that that should play a big role in it too. Yep. And the, the last thing I would say on that is... With the open coming up, I think this is important to think about is if you if you are someone that has like competitive goals in your head, like you like to compete, you like to do the open, that's kind of like what you train for throughout the year. It's a weekend sport. All right. It is a weekend sport. So if you compete, you're going to be competing on the weekend. If you are all year beating yourself through the ground, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, off and that, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, you come into the partner workouts and just give whatever you have left. Right, you're not properly preparing your body and mind for those big days. So I'm a big fan of coming on Fridays if the program allows and really go full send on that Friday. Okay, and that means you probably need to chill out on maybe even take a day off on Thursday or start hitting the brakes on Wednesday. Right. So if you are someone that works out five days a week, right, coming off a of Monday, you're off a of rest day, go all out. Tuesday, Wednesday, that 80% zone I was talking about, you rest on Thursday, all out Friday, and then Saturday, back to your 80%, right? I think that's the way to go if you're a serious competitor and you need to get used to doing multiple workouts throughout the weekend. You need to practice being strong all three days on the weekend. The other thing we were talking about is it is sometimes really scary to go full send. And it's hard to sometimes take that limiter off and really push and see how you do for those last two minutes or last three minutes. Yep. And we've seen very competitive athletes do that where, you know, they're going awesome for the first 10 minutes of a 12 minute workout, and then they get scared and they don't full send it. There is a value and a skill to going full send at the end. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to let that break off and see where you go with it. Yep. And 
And that confidence that you build on those few times that you full, like you literally right. full send it yep. is very, 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 very important. If you're a competitive person, especially when you come up with the open where you do have to do that or, or, yeah. in a, or on a higher level comp or, or something that's more elite, like you can't be scared of doing that when right. you have to do it. Right. And it, it actually helps you a lot to echo Sam. If you've done it, you know, you did it, you did awesome. You're proud of yourself. You got up, you smiled, you walked out and like, you were fine. So now it's like that. I think that's part of the struggle that some people have is like, they don't know if they're going to be fine after, right? More often than not, you, you are going to be fine every now and then something bad happens, but that's, that's life in general. That's the confidence that Sam is building at is going at. You are going to prove to yourself that you can go dark. You can try harder than you think you can try, right? The mind always, the body always gives up before the mind, right? If you can really tell your mind to keep going, keep going, keep going. I said that wrong. The mind gives up before the body. Your mind is capable of doing more. If you can fight that, fight that, fight that, it's going to instill more and more confidence. And that, I'm telling you what, especially this time of year where these like little reps matter for people that have these competitive goals, that will add up. We've seen athletes and we were just talking about like they were going so great and then they got scared for that last minute or two minutes and, and they didn't really sort, and they geared down. It's like, if you're going to really plan on going, if you're telling yourself going full send, Go for it. Yep. Yep. And there's going to be enormous value that comes from it. And it's going to go way deeper than just your score too. So again, to put that into this question that this ask listener just asked, that could be part of your thought process as well. Instead of saying, I'm going to full send today, I'm going to full send the end of today's workout. No matter what condition you got into, those last 20 reps, 30 reps, last part of my workout, I do that. I'm on the row all the time. When I do my high intensity rows, think about it, a 1K row. When I get, I used to be, when I get to 900, I'm going to just empty the tank. I'm like, oh, I was fine. Next time I do it, once I get to 850, once I get 150 meters left, I'm going all out. Wow, I was fine. 800. So now like that that needle pushed more and more. And that's, that's helped my conditioning a lot with, with competitive CrossFit is I, over the years, I worked on finishing strong and it, it can help you out a lot too. That's a great idea. Yep. All right, thanks guys. We will see you next week. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time out of your day to listen to the Herd Fit Podcast. Be on the lookout for next week's episode.